ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, ironoverload.io hardcore coming your way episode 67 today we're going to talk about the anadrol to bulk and uh look anadrol is one of those steroids the nickname a bombs and listen originally developed by a company called zoltan pharmaceuticals doesn't exist anymore but they came up with it in the 60s it was given to children even at that time. It was used to help with muscle growth in patients with malnourishment and growth problems. So you can imagine using this stuff at a PED dose, what would happen um, you know, in bodybuilding using this stuff. Um, it was also given to osteoporosis and anemia patients. Of course, we've come up with uh, drugs since then to give to patients like this. This is why we don't use these very strong hormones for patients like that, but we've kind of ripped them off now in the performance enhancing world. And we started using them to give us an advantage. Um, a few decades later, once we had the HIV AIDS epidemic uh, during the eighties, uh, it uh, made a comeback and it made a great, it was a great option for those who were suffering with that as well. So Anadrol, um, it was one of the most promoted steroids by mobster's good buddy, Dan Duchesne. Um, and he was known as the father of the modern underground steroid movement. And look, looking back, you know, like Duchesne had a lot of ideas back then, but he really pushed things. He really pushed things forward when it comes to anabolic steroid use. And a lot of what he said at the time was really golden information. Of course, we know a lot more today and we're going to bring you some hard hitting action in this 30 minute podcast monster, which is going to show you how to use it and all that good stuff. So um, you want to comment on that, on that monster, or uh, you want me to get into the uh, talking about what is Anadrol? Uh, <laughs> I'm very familiar with, if not actually a buddy of uh, Dan in terms of the experimentation that he was doing. And I've got to be honest, Steve, he made as many mistakes as he had successes, but we learn from both we we learn from the successes and failures yeah i mean uh talk about what kind of steroid it is and then we get into our experiences usage yeah dosing cycling and so on so look anadrol is a really unique oral steroid and i have to say um initially when i used it i was not aware really going deep into what anadrol was so it's really really a fascinating oral steroid and it's really, to this day, blows a lot of people away. And a lot of people still argue with you on social media or on forums and stuff about Anadrol. But one of the things that they'll argue on is they think that Anadrol aromatizes into estrogen. Because when you use Anadrol, you'll blow up. That's why they call it A-bomb. You'll blow up. You're using 50 milligrams a day of this stuff, which is the average dose, right? And then you'll, boom, you'll blow up like 10, 15 pounds out of nowhere. And your muscles will get nice and fluffy. So people assume, oh, yeah, it's a it aromatizes into estrogen, all this stuff. It actually doesn't. It's a DHT, dihydrotestosterone steroid. That's how it was designed. 
And but it's so different from the other DHT steroids, the Winstrols, the Primos, the Anovar, Proviron. It's nothing like them, you know. And and you're not gonna lean up on Anadrol even if you try. It's it's gonna blow you up. Like if you take Anadrol 50 milligrams a day for a week, you will move the scale up on this stuff and you will bulk on it. Why? Even though it's a DHT derivative, why would we even be talking about a DHT derivative on a podcast that we're talking about bulking? And it's because Anadrol is so special. The way it's designed, it's androgenic in your body and it binds to estrogen receptors in your body. So even though it's not aromatizing in estrogen, it's still binding to estrogen. So that makes it really, really unique. And what's also amazing about it is the chemical structure is so minute. But when they designed it, what they did, they added a 2-hydromoxymethylene group to its chemical structure. And that is what makes Anadrol so unique and surprising to a lot of bodybuilders who take it. And they're like, well, it's a DHT derivative, so I'm going to take it. But you're not going to get similar results as you would on one stroll. And then the other people that take it, they're like, well, yeah, it's going to bulk me up. It's going to make me bigger. There's no way this is a DHT derivative. You're a moron if you think it's a DHT derivative because it's not. And I've used it. and I know what it does. Well, structurally, it is a DHT derivative. It doesn't matter what you think. That's the science. So it, it it's really, really a fascinating steroid mobster. It's also really, really uh, good at, at absorbing into the body because it is 17-alpha alkylated. So it doesn't want your body to get destroyed by the liver. So it's going to have a big effect in the body, and it's going to give you some rapid, rapid results. Um, and look, a lot of people not just use it for bulk, they also use it for strength. And it's really, really good for both. And look, I've used this stuff. I mean, you're talking in four weeks, you'll blow up and you'll become you'll become a bigger dude. It's really, really a fascinating uh, steroid. Mobster? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. And Steve actually asked me this just before the show started. I recently tried Anadrol for the first time, but I have to say, although I didn't get the kind of gains that I know some people have, and I'll touch on that momentarily, I was at the same time also very, very close. I'm not a million miles away now, and I'm moaning a bitch about being the absolute biggest I've ever been. So the idea that somehow I'm going to add another 10 pounds or whatever Steve to be when I'm well in excess of 300 pounds, it's unlikely. However, if you're uh, new to PEDs and specifically Anadrol and you want to bulk, I, I've heard some absolutely crazy stuff. Uh, I've told this story multiple times of being approached in a gym in Gloucester uh, someone says, uh, can I ask you a question? I say, yes. And they said, blah, blah, blah. What do you know about A-bombs? The last is so oh, you mean Anadrol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably what he may have tried to get hold of him and so on and so forth, Steve. And I said, can I ask you a question before I answer? He says, yes. How long have you been training? Six weeks. No, mate, no. No, that's your idea that you've been training six weeks. And he was only young, Steve, in his mid-teens, which is ridiculous again. Uh, to use something like any PED, never mind Anadrol, to bulk up. You won't have been learning to train properly and so on. So stories around that time, and this is what I've heard. I talk about on Debo that I can easily gain 6 to 10 pounds on stuff. Even now, the, the water retention, the water, because Anadrol works in the same way in terms of being a watery described uh, steroid, Steve, that I will bulk up in that particular way, I can still put on 
six to ten pounds using D-Bowl. I've heard stories of some users, especially the first time, 20 fucking pounds. See, that, in a, it sounds amazing, but it's actually horrendous because there's a lot of extra weight to carry around when you're not used to it. But that's how amazing it can be for some users. There's also things, Stephen, I was quite surprised. I only learned this recently. Um, quite often when we're talking about any steroid, any PED, specifically anabolics, Nine times out of ten, when we talk about PED use, it's above and beyond, quite often by multiples, of the amount that would have been suggested as a dose for medical uses for the original reason that that particular PED was designed. That's not actually the case, Manadrol. For the specific medical conditions that it was being prescribed for, both back in the day and now, it is not unusual to see one milligram per kilo so for example i've seen even for people weigh, weighing less than 100 kilograms uh being prescribed 100 milligrams a day but again they've been prescribed that to treat a specific medical condition now my personal preference would be to run this for less doesn't mean to say that it's no more or less safe for PD use versus medical use but we're looking to get a particular response from it so for example steve uh, and i'll touch on this now uh 50 milligrams a day is perfectly fine for anadrol and you will get especially if you're new to peds and especially if you're new to anadrol and you respond well because you do get different levels of response as i do from certain peds over and above from others but the typical user will get great results from 50 milligrams a day steve i mean what do you think on the dosing i'll touch upon um, same as we talked about in a recent show we just recorded on uh, dynabol again for me I would actually limit this a little bit. So I would, I've seen the argument made for oral steroids being limited to two to four weeks. I, I, I disagree with that. Uh, I said before, for example, that I've run Debo for as long as eight weeks, many, many times with zero issues above and beyond what I'd expect to get on Dynabo. And a draw again. I, I think for personal preference, and especially if I responded well, I'm, I've got to be honest, if I put on 20 pounds in four weeks, I wouldn't want to run it any longer. But I think perfectly safe, in my opinion, and it is my opinion, would be anywhere between four, six, and maybe eight weeks. Steve's touched upon something else, and I'll jump in and say this now, Steve, when we talk about oral steroids used by some people, and neither Steve nor myself are fans of kickstarting, but a lot of users like to use steroids like Debol and Anadrol that acts very, very quickly as a start to a stack, a.k.a. a Kickstarter. And I can see if you respond well to Anadrol, Steve, that this would make it also a good Kickstarter for those of you that like to know that you're on cycle the moment you start it. Um, dosage, again, I said 50 milligrams. I would probably split that into two doses a day. The D-Bowl would actually run for three doses, but Anadrol, two doses a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. Nice and simple. Let's listen, there's the reason why... Anadrol and Debol are very popular for bulking, Steve, is because they're, they're, they're almost, and I don't want to say this unkind, but they're almost idiot-proof. You can't, you can't really make too much of a mess of it. Even if the tablet comes or the pill comes in a 50-milligram form, you can cut it in half. Use I bite my pills in half when I want to do that, and one in the morning or half in the morning and half in the evening or 25 milligrams in the morning, 25 milligrams in the evening, is as straightforward as it needs to be. So, yeah. Talk about dosage and cycling, Steve, and what you would have on hand if you was using Anadrol as part of a, a cycle. Yeah, so first off, Anadrol usually 
sources are going to have it in oral form. That's how it was originally formed. Now, there are some underground labs that have produced liquid anadrol. So that is interesting. Um, for the most part, we're looking at 50 milligrams per pill. But again, some underground labs have come up with 25 milligrams. So if you want to take 25 milligrams a day, you might want to look into, or you could either do what Mobster said is bite it in half, or you can look into getting the uh, labs that are selling them in 25 milligram of tablets. And there are some legitimate uh, brands out there that are starting to do that. Um, but it is, like I said, mostly 50 milligrams. So nice thing about Anadrol, you just take it once a day. It's got its, it's half-life is long enough. I think it's like a nine, 10 hour half-life. So it's you're going to take it. It's going to be in your system for more than 24 hours. Remember, you always take half-life and you multiply it by five. And that will tell you the active life approximately. So if it's 10 hour half-life, it's going to be in your system for 50 hours. So that's two days. So you don't have to take it twice a day. So you just take it once a day. A lot of people will like to just take it, like, you know, they'll wake up in the morning and take it. Boom. And Anadrol, I would say the appetite increases are less than Dianabol. That's 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 the difference. So there's a little more control when it comes to Anadrol. And I would say the Anadrol is more clean, clean mass, where uh, Dianabol is more dirty, dirty bulking. Like, uh, like Dianabol, you take it for like four weeks. And you'll put on a shit ton of water weight. Anadrol, you'll take it for four weeks. You'll still put on a lot of mass, but it's more hard because that's the DHT effects that you're seeing there. Even though it's still binding to estrogen, you're seeing more harder gains. So you're getting bigger muscles, but it's less fluffy and it's more harder muscle. So it's a very impressive steroid. Um, when it comes to bulking, okay, me personally, I've... Back when I used to bulk, I preferred Anadrol over Dianabol. And it was for those reasons I just told you. Because you did not lose all your vascularity with Anadrol um, like you would Dianabol. So I would I would give the edge to Anadrol. Mobster, he gives the edge to Dianabol. So everybody's different. Everybody has different preferences. Everybody's going to feel a little different. But what is going to happen with Anadrol is you are going to get side effects. And Anadrol will give you maybe a little less estrogenic side effects than Dianabol, but it will be surprising you with the estrogenic side effects. That's that's the key. But it will give you probably more side effects when it comes to androgenic effects. Like your blood pressure will go up a little higher on Anadrol. Of course, it's dosage, you know, it's dosage related, obviously. If you're running 50 milligrams of Dianabol, you're going to get a lot of side effects because that is, you know, double the normal 20, 30 milligram average dosage. But with Anadrol, the average dose is 50 milligrams, you see. So if you run 75 milligrams of Anadrol, I can guarantee you, you will get a shit ton of side effects. All right. So for me, when I ran Anadrol, I did what Mobster said is I, I bite it in half and just take 25 milligrams a day because 50 milligrams for me, especially stacked was just way too much. So I prefer I prefer 25 milligrams mobster personally a day. And I think that would be a good idea for a first cycle. But if you want to go ahead and do the 50, go for it. Um, and a, a trick when it comes to side effects on Anadrol is some people over the years who've had issues with the estrogenic binding of Anadrol, 
getting the gynecomastia or whatever, one of the tricks that they have found might work for them is using some Novodex with it. Now, I'm not sure if that's a placebo effect. I'm not sure if maybe because Novodex is a serum, it blocks estrogen from feedbacking. I'm not sure if it's just a coincidence that it works, but it seems to be the best way to kind of control that estrogen binding that people experience on Anadrol. But I just want to be clear, if you start getting gynecomastia on Anadrol, you want to stop using it, all right? Don't try to fight it. Just stop using it. It's not for you. You might be extremely sensitive to it or something, something like that. So I would not use it. So those are the estrogenic issues you could expect. Now, when it comes to the androgenic effects of Anadrol, you can expect, you know, the headaches. Um, if you if your blood pressure gets too high, obviously it's going to cause the headaches. It's going to cause other issues that you can experience. What's interesting with with Anadrol, I already talked about the liver toxicity because it is liver toxic. So that hits you from that direction. It hits you from estrogenic side effects since it binds to estrogen. And it, and it also can hit you with the DHT side effects, Mobster. That is something that Dianabol will not hit you with. So now you got to watch out for DHT side effects when you're using Anadrol. And the DHT side effects can be um, the prostate enlargement issue. It can be the head hair issue, you know? So it, it is rough on, a little more rough on your hair because it is a DHT derivative. So DHT does things in your body that you may not want, all right? Another issue that some people complain about too could be acne because your hormones are fluctuating. You can get acne. So acne seems to be something that a lot of people who use Anadrol complain about. So, you know, it does come with side effects. It is no joke. Anadrol is one of those that you really want to be careful when you use because it will cause some really weird side effects that are not controllable and not understood. So that's the aspect of it. But look, at the end of the day, like I said, 25 to 50 would be a starting dose. Some people run 75 or 100. Um, especially if you're using it solo, you may want to ramp up the dose. But if this is your first time using it, there's no reason why you should exceed 50, in my opinion. In terms of stacking it, um, look, at the end of the day, we're talking bulking here. So, you know, you could use it solo and have a lot of success bulking. If you're going to stack it, I would be very, very careful what you stack it with. Because if you stack it with testosterone, now you're getting a double end of the estrogen issues. You're getting something that binds to estrogen and you're getting something that aromatizes the estrogen. It could be a problem. It could make the estrogen go out of control. It could make your blood pressure go out of control and your water retention go out of control and all those side effects. When it comes to using something androgenic with it, now you're increasing the androgenic side effects. If you use a DHT derivative with it, now you're increasing your DHT side effects. So at the end of the day, Anadrol is one of those handful of steroids, mobster, that I personally think work better solo. And let's be frank, if you're running 50 milligrams of this stuff for four weeks or five weeks or six weeks, there's no reason why you can't get a tremendous amount of bulking on it. Um, and there's really no need to stack anything with it. So if you do insist on stacking something with it, 
know the classifications of the steroids, know which steroids are DHT derivatives. Know if you stack it with a DHT derivative, you can expect massive head hair loss. Know that if you stack it with something estrogenic, that you can expect a lot of water retention. Know that if you stack it something with something androgenic, like Trend, for example, which is which is very androgenic, you can deal with side effects like aggression and and um and and high blood pressure and things like that and mood swings and stuff like that that are caused by more androgenic steroids. So just be aware of that if you stack it and don't stack very much with it. Stack very very light dose. Right. And I would implore you, if it's the first time using Anadrol, use it solo because you're not going to know where these side effects are coming from. And you're going to be very unprepared if you start stacking it. Go ahead, Mobster. And then we'll talk yeah, about. I was, uh, thinking, yeah. I was This is actually a good piece of advice for any steroid. And I've actually done this myself, especially back in the day. What Steve just said about Anadrol, I've actually used this. I'd say the only time I haven't done it recently, Steve, is when I did the cut, which was the first time. I used train, and that was unfortunately, fortunately, so you know, you think, uh, part of a stack that was already pre-prepared for me. So the issue here would be, especially for you first-time user of any PED, but again, especially if you've not used a specific one like Anadrol, I would 100% recommend running something like this solo. I want to know, like the first time I run D-Bowl, Steve, I was doing a particular job which involved me in members of the public, sometimes in an aggressive situation. Do I do I take D-Bowl and get aggressive because I'm on steroids, a.k.a. roid rage, and I'm already in a situation that can create aggression? So I'm going to want to know how I'm going to respond. I'm going to punch them in the throat because I'm hepped up on D-Bowl. And the same thing would apply to Anadrol. Am I going to have these water retention issues? Am I going to have gyno issues? Do I not like how I feel when I'm taking 100 milligrams or 40 milligrams or 50 milligrams or whatever? Right. So I would 100% want to run any steroid in an ideal scenario, Steve, solo, as you said, just to see if it's effective for me, because it might not be one of those ones that I have an affinity for and don't get the great results that I'd expected or that I get terrible side effects. Something else as well. And I think this especially applies if you're bulking. But back in the day, bulking was very much a kind of half fat, half muscle kind of deal. And the problem was the guys would get 40 pounds, 50 pounds overweight in the off-season on a bulk. And then lo and behold, a competition comes along that they want to compete in. And now, not only have they got the new 10, 15, 20 pounds of muscle tissue that they may or may not have added, they've now got to get rid of the body fat. And, and, and uh, it's just a lot more work than it needs to be. So... Uh, in terms of also side effects, and I'll tie this in at the same time, Steve, I wouldn't want to have a person who's especially overweight doing any kind of wet-type bulking steroid like Debol or Anadrol because the issues with blood pressure are going to be higher. The issues with the potential for side effects, and especially gyno, would be a lot higher again. If, if you're obese, you tend to have some kind of gyno-like thing going on with your man boobs. Guys, and I don't want you then to add 20 pounds or even 10 pounds on an anadrol cycle and just have that become an issue in and of itself. So that's something like that. Um, I think the thing of it is, and I'll touch on this now, Steve, when it comes to any steroid again, there's, there's, and this especially applies to you newbies and occasionally people should know better. And it's this, that they take steroids knowing full well in their minds that they can carry on eating crap 
because the steroids going to add muscle or carry on eating crap because they're going to get stronger because that's how this particular steroid works. I might have even been guilty of that for five minutes myself back in the day, Steve. But the truth of the matter is, guys, your results on any steroid, but especially in the case of a bulk like Anadrol, are always going to be better if your nutrition is 100%. And I say this story multiple times on different podcasts, and it applies to Olympia-level physiques. And I'm quoting Dexter Jackson, as I have done many times before, Steve. If a person who has great genetics, a.k.a. the blade for being lean, in the case of Dexter, still needs to do cardio and still needs to eat clean to get great results, then anybody else who doesn't have Dexter's genetics will get better results if the nutrition is on point. So Steve and I have touched on this with regards to good organic fruit, vegetables, starchy things like potatoes, good healthy meats, much local produce as you possibly can, and so on and so forth, as opposed to if it fits your macros, I'm going to bulk up on chocolate milkshakes. Your results will be better. It might be easier to bulk, but it's going to be an ugly, dirty bulk. And your results will be better if it's a clean bulk. And that's a pain in the ass, guys. Steve touched upon in a show we recorded recently, meal prepping, very easy. Uh, he talks about prepping multiple meals on a Sunday. One of the things I do, Steve, and I did it last night, I, I brought myself a load of... Uh, Christmas roast joint mains, whatever you want to call them, distant turkeys and hams and God knows what else. I cooked my evening meal last night and I cooked a roast joint at the same time. That's going to be enough food for about four days, four main meals right there. It's a piece of piss, Steve. Honestly, you're using the same amount of electricity or gas to cook two meals as you are one meal. And that's that. And I literally have just cooked the equivalent of four main meals. 250 grams of meat per meal. So, yeah, it, that was with the food that I had last night. So that's a piece of piss. Eat meal prep, eat better. Training, and I'll touch on this now, Steve, again. Guys, if you're a bulk, you're really looking not at the aesthetic. You're not looking at the show muscles. You're not working the top of your pec. You're not working the outer head of your delt. You're not making that tricep pop as such. doesn't mean you can't do those things, but we, we're talking about bulking here. And if we're talking about off-season bulking or winter bulking, especially because we're recording this in early January, I'm talking about you guys being covered up with sweats in the gym. You'd have to be heated gym. So you're going to be covered up. So work the big muscles. Work the whole of the chest with bench. Any form of bench you like, but bench. Do some kind of row or pull-up. Do deadlifts. Do cheat curls when you wouldn't normally do them skull crushers instead of tricep kickbacks. Squats over leg extensions and inner and out of fire and all the rest of that kind of stuff. The stuff that you're going to see in the spring and the summertime when those muscles are on display, I'm going to call those the show muscles. When you want the separation, when you're cutting down, when you want people to know you're a bodybuilder versus look at the size of you, motherfucker, and how are you benching three plates when you've only been doing two plates before? So the, what we call the compound exercises, the big heavy exercises. How would you train and eat if you was using anadrol right now, Steve? Yeah, so healthy, healthy, healthy. You want to make sure you're training your balls off, but you're also eating proper food in a bulk. And one of the things, uh, one of the ways I bulked uh, successfully in the past is I would, you know, get up in the morning. I'd have a nice, a nice grass-fed bison burger, a nice grass-fed uh, beef burger. Um, then I would 
to go hit the gym for about 45 minutes, 50 minutes, compound lifts. Mobster talks about compound lifting before. It's uh, really, really simple to do. Do it properly, do it proper form, stay healthy. Then I would, um, you know, come home and I'd have um, the second burger. So I'd make two burgers in the in in the morning, eat one before, go work out, come home, eat the other one. So again, like Mobster said, prepping your food. A lot of people they have a really hard time with this, but if you cook your food and you store your food, you know, it gets easier. But if you cook the burger, go work out, come home, and then cook another burger. You see what I'm saying? Now you're wasting time. You spent that time cooking the burger the first time and you spent the time cooking the burger the second time. Cook four, five, six, seven burgers at a time and then stick them in the fridge and you can pop them in the microwave and heat them up for 20, 30 seconds. Boom, now they're ready to eat again. Instead of just doing one burger, you fire up the grill, you throw one burger on there and then you eat it. And then you come home, you fire up the grill again and cook it up. You see what I'm saying? So learn to prep your food. Get containers to store your food. Everybody that's listening to this podcast, you have internet, you have smartphones, whatever. I'm assuming you also have refrigerators because in America, I think I read like 97 or 98% of people in America have refrigerators. I think the percentage is actually higher unless you're like a homesteader or something or you live out in the middle of nowhere in a in a barn or in Alaska, fucking- maybe, Steve. When the frozen north, perhaps. Yeah, well, I mean, even, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it, I'm assuming you have a refrigerator. So prep your food, cook it, and then put it in the fridge. And then this way you'll have it available to you anytime and invest in things like air fryers, rice yeah. cookers. You can cook anything in an air fryer, really. Potatoes, anything from potatoes to chicken, and really anything. I don't like to cook red meat and, and fish in an air fryer, but some people do. A grill, you can get one of those, either a George Foreman grill if you live in an apartment, yeah, you can get a grill yeah. outside, you fire up the grill, you can cook really anything on it. And then a rice cooker is not just for rice, it's vegetables. You fill up the water, you put your vegetables, it will cook the vegetables for you, you'll steam the vegetables really, really healthy. So you don't have to, you know, um, do a lot of cleanup. You don't have to get like a pot, put the vegetables and clean them, and then put these stuff, you can cook broccoli, spinach, all that stuff in the rice cooker and you're good. So there's a lot of different options that you should be investing on. Um, a lot of you young guys out there, you're on your own. I remember when I first moved out, the first thing I did mobster when I moved out on my own, I went to Walmart and I bought a big box. I went to the cooking section of Walmart. I bought a big box of pans and utensils and pots and, and that yeah. sort of thing. That's what I did. Cause that's what you need. You buy a big thing of it for like a hundred bucks and then that will last you really years. And then that's that. That's an example of what you need. It just boggles the mind how many people you, you go visit them or whatever, and they don't even have anything to cook with at home. They do no cooking. They literally order everything in. Yeah, that's an issue. Or they go out to eat, and it's just like you're, that's not going to work in, in 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 this in this game. So you got to you got to be be able to prep your own. You got to know what you're putting in your body. So mobster. You don't have to be cordon blurry, guys. Just the basics of chicken and rice or whatever else. And as you go along, you'll learn to get better on this in terms of cooking, what works for you, spicing food up when it when it's plain to begin with, with, with spices and herbs and seasonings and so on and so forth. Something else, and I'll touch on this just now before I do the disclaimer, Steve. Guys, don't bulk on Anadrol 
eat well on Anadrol, train well on Anadrol, and the moment you come off the stack, you go back to how you was before, you must, and you can come on the forum and check out a tips for that I created, which includes information on this, you must tweak your diet so that the retention of the muscle that you added as part of the bulk is kept. Don't go back to training how you did before. Don't go back to eating exactly the same amount of food you did when you was 180 pounds. On the stack, get to 190 pounds, come off the stack and go back to eating 180 pounds calories. That's not going to work. How, how, what's your body going to work with? You must learn to manipulate your calories, tweak your diet a little bit to retain the new tissue that you've got, especially the muscular tissue. And the same applies to training. No good doing a 200-pound bench off cycle, getting up to 230 pounds on the bench on cycle, and then going back to a 200-pound bench off cycle. What's going to happen to your chest? It's going to go back to doing what it did and the size and the shape it was when you did the 200. You need to tweak the numbers. It don't have to be massive numbers, 5%, 10%. It's all I ever looked for. If I was doing 200 before and I did 230 on, I'd want to do 205, 210 when I come off cycle. And that's how people get to be big and strong. It's kind of obvious, but I do sometimes have to spell this out to people. It's not about constantly cycling, blasting and cruising, being on some form of CRT or wherever else. There's other things you can do. And especially you younger guys, new to Anadrol, new to training, not tried PEDs before. So come on the, start, the forums, check out that kind of information, run a log, pick our brains, post comments below so that we know that you, if you've got any questions or whatever else. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment apply. 